Welcome, dear listeners, to episode number eight. That's right, we're rocketing towards our first ten episodes, uh, which is super exciting. And we've got some got some great guests for those two slots to take us up into double figures. Uh, but let's concentrate on the content of number eight. So uh, this time we are joined by Steve Laird. Um, so this is where the episodes start to get a little meta, um, because Steve is friends with Aaron, who was our first guest in episode number one. Um, so you guys went to uni together, and you'll uh, you'll hear a little chat about Aaron. Um, all all positive. And that includes um, Aaron lending lending some some muscle uh, to Steve's cause and helping him uh, take on the London Tube system with backpacks stuffed full of copies of Offlife, which is a curated print magazine uh, that Steve co-founded um, and runs, which aims to introduce the people of the UK and beyond to the great great kind of scene of indie comics indie comic artists illustrators things like that so you'll you'll hear some you'll hear some big names thrown around um and you know the the story of the journey of how that kind of got started and and where it's kind of led uh, led the guys steve also chats about uh his work as a graphic designer um his love for illustrating book covers balancing work and life which he i would say is a good authority on given that he works possibly more than most people I know. Um, this guy packs in the hours and his output is great. So he chats around the, his process for having downtime, taking digital holidays, um, getting out, out of the city, away from screens, and why that's super important. Um, we also get, uh, we get a little insight into his new project, Yellow, which I am really, really excited about. So this is 52 weeks of news stories illustrated by top artists um, compiled over over a year um, and presented in a beautiful coffee table book. That's in the works at the moment and you'll be pleased to know that they aren't at week one or two so you don't have to wait a year. It's likely to surface around Christmas um, so we get we get the down low on that amazing project. Just continue listening, jump in for a big dose of inspiration, lots of ambition um, and, and just a, a ton of DIY ethics. Super nice guy. Uh, love everything he's working on, and I'm sure you will too. So let's uh, let's introduce you to Steve. Welcome to the podcast. Steve. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pleasure. I can I can see that you brought some some copies of Off Life. So uh, this yeah. might be a nice place to start before we. We kind of maybe go yeah, back sure. a little bit further and you know chat about how you kind of got to the point you've got to. Yeah, if you could tell me a little bit about this, it looks it looks awesome. Yeah, no, it, um, it has that nice kind of like premium kind of printed smell and yeah, I think you know it's off life's a free a free publication and it always will be, but <clears throat> we still wanted it to feel like a quality product. Yeah, um, so we've never really compromised on on the on the feel of the paper, the smell of the paper. You know. That's really important to both me and Dan, who I do off life with. Um, so yeah, it's been going since 2012. So coming up to three years, really. Cool. Um, and you, how many issues have you done? Uh, we've done 11, and the 12th issue is is going to be finished soon, and that's coming out at the end of July. Great. So um, yeah, not that long away. But, cool. Um, and what, and um, so it's it's largely illustrated rather than you know. You kind of want to see a comic, but would yeah. you call it a comic or? Um, 
Yeah, indie comics mm-hmm. and illustration. You know, that's that's the two really. But it is very much an anthology. It's it's like a they're like tasters almost. You know, because there's so much indie comics out there and illustration out there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's we see it as a stepping stone for a lot of people. We've always one of our main aims for the anthology really is to target people who have never really thought about indie comics. Okay. Um, to almost kind of get them into the medium and, and, and hopefully inspire them to go and look at more, really. So that's always been the aim. Yeah. So. And, and when you guys um, when you guys were kind of putting the idea together and things like that, were, were you kind of trying to fill a gap? Was it that classic kind of situation where you made something that you wished existed but didn't? Or? Yeah, no, it was definitely to fill a gap. Um, when... Daniel Humphrey, who's the editor on Offlife, it was his kind of his idea mainly. Um, he'd just recently been working in Australia for about a year, and over there, the, the street press scenes quite quite varied and vast. Okay. And he, you know, he thought, you know, in the UK, there's I mean, there's lots of kind of free publications mm-hmm. you see in bars, etc. Like yeah. they, they tend to be kind of magazines, yeah, like, like kind of like music and films and things like that mm-hmm. whereas I think in other countries there's a, a bigger variety you know you know delving into philosophy and all sorts so we kind of thought you know there's no kind of free street press magazine out there showing kind of comics indie comics and illustrations so you know why the you know why don't we start it <laughs> basically yeah, awesome. um, and you know Dan was living in Bristol at the time I was about to move up to mm-hmm. London so it kind of it was kind of off life was given birth in Bristol really and there's quite a big thriving kind of self-publishing scene in Bristol as as there is in London so um yeah, yeah I mean I've kind of I suppose I've kind of recently got back into the whole kind of print thing that it feels yeah. like it's in a renaissance oh, that's really yeah. cool yeah. and um and Bristol does seem to be a real hotbed I mean I think I think Serial was started yeah and that's that's I mean that's like a yeah, top flagship I mean, one and I think Crack Magazine is originally in Bristol yeah. and I think Bone Bone Shaker is it uh, I think they started in Bristol so yeah they're, they're everywhere and yeah like you say printed things are having a massive renaissance I kind of feel like all the blogs that I look on at the moment yeah. you know it seems to be a, there seems to be a new magazine every week you know books just a real love for, for printed items yeah it's nice it even feels like there's a lot of blogs that might have been digital for a while but yeah. are now kind of creating even if it's kind of a yearly kind of anthology of their yeah. stuff it's, uh, it seems to be yeah and, th- and that kind of justifies you know what I was saying before about it's still even though it's a free item that the fact it still feels like a nice object yeah uh, I think that's what a lot of people like about printed materials they like having something you know in their hands something they can feel something they can experience you know yeah definitely. so um yeah um and how does it in terms of like the content of the yeah of the magazine uh, is it? Do you just have a lovely kind of breadth of um, contributors, or do you have kind of regulars, or how does it? We have a few regulars. Um, it's submissions based, so every you know a few months before every issue, we'll put a call out onto Twitter. I mean, Twitter's been invaluable, really, to okay. the whole process, and it's how we. It's allowed us to start it. I mean, I can't really imagine how we would have done it without Twitter. Almost, and in the, in in the grand scheme of things, Twitter's very new still. So. Um, yeah, we put a call out to artists. Um, we get tons of submissions, and then uh, me and Dan kind of read through them all, curate yeah. it, see see what kind of builds like a kind of a good flow through the magazine, and cool. yeah, stick it out there. So we do. We have a lot of people who kind of who've uh, who've been in the magazine two, three, four times, but we like to keep on putting new people in there. Really, yes, yeah. we because it is like a platform 
for a lot of people coming to comics for the first time but at the same time we want it to be a platform for new artists is a, a stepping stone for greater things for them hopefully yeah so, i mean with that in mind have, can you think of any illustrators that have that have kind of been involved in this and, and gone from kind of strength to strength or? yeah i think so i mean we've we've had people like isabel greenberg in there who gave us an interview quite early on she's ended up doing amazing things she's you know she's won awards for her work people like that um, yeah, loads of people have kind of gone on to do huge things. Carl Platz, other mm-hmm. people, Dan Berry, Joe List, people like that, who kind of supported us from the start, yeah. really. And yeah, they've, they've done great things and they, they're producing great work. That's really cool. I mean, it even reminds me of, um, so as an example, like Stephen King, the author, like obviously yeah. massive, yeah. but he he credits the now kind of non-existent scene of... of literary magazines and yeah. that kind of carry short stories and stuff like that he yeah. says that he, he wouldn't be probably wouldn't be who he is now without yeah. having that foothold so it's really nice to Definitely. see that you know, happening in different creative yeah movies. I mean and there's such a vibrant scene in comics and and wider illustration I mean there's this and people were they're they work really hard as well they're, they're, yeah. just, they're just the amount of work they produce is amazing and it just feels like the scene is just growing and growing and growing every year. They're, you know, they're prolific, really. So, you know, to be kind of a part of that, I hope, <laughs> yeah, is, um, yeah. Is, yeah, is really good. Yeah, as you say, I, that kind of just output is amazing. Um, I mean, case in point, um, I was checking out kind of uh, Off-Life like, on social and stuff like, yeah. in, in prep for this. And yeah. um, I love the kind of like quick draw thing. Yeah, like, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, and I, I timed it so that I managed to see it just as like the tweet went out for the new kind of like that theme. Yeah, and then yeah, there's seen the stuff coming in, but you expect it to be really ropey, but it was really really good. <laughs> some of it and is it's like wow. Some of it is amazing. I mean, yeah. we started Quick Draw on Twitter initially um, in the early days when we were trying to find different ways of getting more followers really so we thought you know set a theme get people to draw mm-hmm. things people will retweet it and they'll stumble across off life so that's that was kind of why we started it but like you say some of the drawings that come in are incredible yeah, it, it's it's mind-blowing what people yeah, do in like 15 minutes and, <laughs> and further from that yeah. it it grew from being a twitter based kind of mm-hmm. little fun thing into doing live versions of quick draw which we've done i don't know two three or four of that's cool. Um, so yeah, you mentioned you've done some events. Yeah. Like, so what, what are those going to pan out like? Well, the first one we did was um, it was with the design museum, which was quite that's great. Amazing. Good start. Um, I think we'd only done about two or three issues at this time, and they'd stumbled across the magazine and saw that we were doing quick draw on Twitter, and they said, "Oh, have you ever thought about doing a live version of this?" And we were like well no really but it sounds like it could be fun yeah. so uh, they have these kind of Friday nights in the design museum randomly where they'll put on kind of different things and you know people pay to come in on a Friday night and yeah. drink and just walk around so they asked us to invite some of our favourite artists to sit around a table we'd kind of set themes yeah. and then um, they draw them and yeah, the, the the work that was produced in you know because we'd set a theme for you know ten minutes or qu- yeah. quarter of an hour, and the guys they were just producing this amazing work in just such a short space of time, and then we've done other ones um, in the House of Illustration, where we haven't chosen the artist, we've invited a mm-hmm. hundred people to come in, and again we set themes and people do drawings and we you know pin them up on the wall and have a beer that kind of thing, and people like Dan Berry, I mean. He's amazing. He just if you just watch him, he'll just create a yeah. kind of a comic in front of your eyes in ten <laughs> minutes, and the standard is just incredible. So yeah, 
it's, yeah, that it's must amazing. be really cool because it's kind of, um, I guess it's the same reason people go, you know, to a web conference and watch, you know, a bit of a web superstar mm. live code something. It's yeah. like, it's nice to see the process that goes into it rather yeah. than just a finished product. Yeah, exactly. Because that's just as important, really. And it's good to see that kind of skill on show. It's, I don't know, it's, it's very inspiring. So Dan's the editor. Yeah. And you... Art, art director. director. Yeah. Cool. So you you come from, I mean, you, you've got that kind of illustration background and that's yeah. what you do day to day. Graphic design more. Okay. Do a bit, bit of both really. Yeah. But yeah, I'd probably consider myself to be more of a graphic designer. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, I dabble in illustration mm-hmm. and obviously I've done, I've designed lots of book covers and things like that. So you, you always, you, you kind of need that skill set, wide skill set really. So, but yeah, yeah, graphic designer, I'd probably... Cool. And um, and if we kind of go right back, was that appearing from an early age? That kind of oh, definitely, yeah. Um, always been into art and design as a kid. Always drawing, always using my imagination. I can't really remember doing anything else in truth. Okay. But um, I think it was a symptom of being an only child. But, um, yeah, I know <laughs> just, what you mean. It makes it very imaginative. It does. As a, as a fellow only child. So... Um, <laughs> Yes, that's probably where it started, and I was just always drawn to it at school. Like it was always the thing I excelled at. You mm-hmm. know, I was always okay at other subjects, yeah. but it was always art, which always captured my imagination. And and yeah, I just I, just, I honestly can't remember wanting to do anything else really, and it just snowballed from there. But um, yeah, so just went on to do you know art at school, mm-hmm. A levels, and things like that. Yeah, that's kind of. It's quite, it's quite narrow. I kind of felt like art at school was quite narrow for me. Yeah. I, I think it might have changed recently or since I've left school, but it just kind of felt like it was very kind of fine art orientated. So um, I just remember always coming up with these ideas and they just they didn't quite fit in with the syllabus. So I just, I just yeah. kind of felt like I was ready to break out from that almost. But, um, which is kind of like disheartening when it's art, which is surely one of the one things where you can basically do anything. Yeah, I know it should be <laughs> yeah, you know, super expressive. Yeah, and that thing that was why like going on to do a foundation course, which I think most a lot of people have done before they go to university, mm. it tends to be quite a well trodden path. And foundation was just like a breath of fresh air because you know all of a sudden the shackles are off and you can kind of you know you can try print you know screen printing textiles fashion yeah. you know, anything you know 3d graphic design it's all, you know you just try your hand at anything just see what happens really and i think a lot of people start their foundation course thinking it's it's all just you know life drawings and kind of pencil drawings and still lifes and by the end of the course you know there's people doing graphic design illustration jewelry design and you know and then you're on your kind of you're on your path then cool so once you kind of emerged from the the foundation what was the next step so what did you decide to do i went to um i went to uni in cardiff mm-hmm. <coughs> to do uh, graphic communication i think cool. the title of the course was okay and um i'm originally from wiltshire so uh living in the country yeah so moving to cardiff was my first experience <laughs> of living in a city yeah yeah and it's you know quite a crazy place for its own unique reasons but I think um, the course really appealed to me because it had a massive emphasis on the kind of communication aspect mm-hmm. of design it wasn't just design for design's sake you know to make things just look pretty it was always everything has to have a purpose okay so that's really what appealed to me so yeah and just develop from there really but um, yeah I really enjoyed uni it was good, it was good fun yeah do you feel like it was 
it was a formative experience for you because I think a lot of people I mean some people feel like people go for the sake of it and as fees kind of climb up I think oh, yeah it's a lot of people are kind of circumnavigating it I mean for me I found it I do something different to what I even did there yeah but well, I, I think still I said, feel like the overall experience was a, a good like one for development I think it's probably a case for a lot of people where they end up going down a different path to what they what they did at university but yeah, like you said, that the whole the experience as a whole. I mean, that's what everyone always used to say. It's not just yeah. what you're doing on your course. It's you know, kind of. I guess for a lot of people, it's being away from your parents for the first time and things mm-hmm. like that, and you know, looking after yourself for the first time, really. But uh, yeah, the pro- the whole thing was I don't know really helpful for me. I mean, again, just it was another level from it was like a step up almost and. You had your tutors there, kind of probing you, sure. kind of like, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Um, and really got you thinking. And yeah, for me, I just, yeah, I just it made me work hard in truth. Cool. I, mean, <laughs> I think before that, I was a little bit of a typical kind of boy. Yeah. He <laughs> was kind of, you know, always do just do just do enough to kind of get through. Yeah. Whereas you really got the kind of passion around that kind of that age, and yeah, and took it from there really. When you kind of made that move into designing and creating to communicate something, mm. did that make you look at the process you go through differently, or how did that change the way you you approached like the creation of, of of work? I think it's always just about trying to put yourself in other people's shoes, essentially, mm-hmm. and it, it's always about problem solving and trying to establish yeah. what the problem is, research around the problem, and then come up with creative ways which kind of engage people really I, that's, that's the kind of the kick really it's the that's the the kind of the smile on the mind kind of kind of moments where you get that kind of idea and it, it just kind of there's a light bulb in your head you know there's that's like the best feeling yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> but um i wouldn't trade that for anything so that's that's for me that's the process it's just it's a lot of thinking mm-hmm. kind of trying to put yourself in other people's shoes and yeah just always trying to think of something new you know trying to be original you know that's 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 the key and not being kind of scared to fail almost once you kind of graduated yeah um what was kind of next i mean uh, i guess i'd imagine at that point like most people a lot of people are heading to london or yeah. you know like it's it's you know there's always that influx of graduates because yeah there is yeah it's that kind of thought that that's where the work is that's where the opportunities are yeah but you you took a different yeah i did approach. yeah I mean, it's quite a it's quite an amazing experience coming out of university because you're kind of buzzing really almost yeah. from it. And I did. I felt, I, yeah, I felt, I felt like I could kind of fly at that point almost. I was just, um, but I, th- I did think of moving to London at that point. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I'm not sure if I was actually ready at, at that age in truth. Yeah. Um, and basically as soon as I graduated, I got offered a job, a design agency in Cardiff and they just seemed like really nice guys. They, they kind of believed in my work and they, mm-hmm. they seemed to like me, which is kind of just as important. And um, and they kind of gave me free reign, really, to kind of make mistakes almost. I don't know. And, yeah. and at the time, that was the best kind of kind of breeding ground for me, really. So, um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was my thinking behind that. That's cool. And, um, and I mean, I know that you got to know and made friends with Aaron. Yeah. For, for Your first, listeners, uh, the, the first <laughs> guest on the first episode. And uh, obviously, he he he's taken a sort of a similar path in some respects. Yeah, yeah. In that he he worked for quite a while in Wales too. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. Uh, before finally kind of making the push, even later than you actually. To I think we it was very it was very similar. We've actually done similar things really. <laughs> we were on the same 
course together. Yeah. And we've been friends since then. And um, yeah, he went to obviously work, stayed in Wales and worked with Howie's. Yeah. And likewise, I stayed in Cardiff. And I think we both moved up to London pretty much within a matter of a couple of months, really. I think yeah. we both kind of felt, you know, it's the time. I think, really, I think really, probably in truth, both uh, maybe we came a little bit too late, really. But I wish I'd come a little bit earlier, at least. But um, yeah, just you know, the way it worked out, really. I just ended up, I got, an, I got an, another job in Cardiff, which was uh, for an agency called Stasica Jones. And they were producing really interesting work as cool. well and got to work on some cool projects. So, and there was a funny time with like the economy and things like that. There wasn't really many jobs going around and it, it I don't know, it, I felt like I needed a good reason to leave that job at that moment. Really. Yeah, it might have felt riskier than it had yeah, done at another time. It did. Yeah. And, but it did get to the point with me where I was like, no, I need to, I need mm. to go because <laughs> I, yeah. I got the itch and um, I went traveling for a little bit and then, okay. and then, and and then went to London for after that. So, so, what did what did that trip look like? How long did you go away for? I was out of work in total for about a year, and I think travelling wise, I was probably away for a, I don't know, eight eight nine months. Great. But so did, you must have must have packed a lot in. Yeah, I did the the usual, you know, kind of jaunt around Southeast Asia like yeah. most people do at some stage <laughs> or another, and went to China, which is which is really interesting. I'm really glad I went there because it's just changing so quickly. And well, it changed already by the time we'd already got there massively, but okay. you just know it's going to change even more. And then um, ended up going to the States for a few months and um, hired a car in San Francisco and drove did, the road trip. did the road oh, trip and uh, yeah, <laughs> drove to New York right. and kind of went like horseshoe down and up, like down through Texas and stuff like that. And that Amazing. Was, if you had to pick a couple of highlights or maybe scenarios you didn't necessarily expect I'm uh, thinking maybe China could have had a few unexpected moments yeah China was China was crazy because it was like no other place I've been to mm. you know especially places like Beijing I mean to be fair we, we didn't have that long there in China not as long as I would have liked but um, yeah Ch- uh, Beijing was a, a weird place I don't know yeah. it was <laughs> w- good weird but you know they were kind of didn't make sense almost those kind of aspects where it was kind of ready to really flourish but at the same time nothing was quite filling it I don't know um, Interesting. it seemed quite grey in points but then quite alive in other points I don't know it's, I'd like to go back there and I don't know, see, how it's see how it's changed yeah um, Shanghai the same but um, yeah no, no and then America yeah that was probably the favourite part really because I don't know it's quite a bit of a cliche kind of trip almost but um, I've never been down to Texas and places like that before yeah. and like places like Austin are just you know they're great you know such a good lifestyle down there that's cool and the food the music you know the bars you know everything I hear from a lot of people I haven't been to the States yet but I recently went to Canada and I was I suppose I've been prepped in some respects because people say oh you'll see you'll see these little things that yeah. are so familiar to you because yeah. of what you've consumed because of, co- of yeah, culture yeah definitely and, um, and yeah so that it's Versus, say, like, going to Beijing, where it's, like, everything's just, like, whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it must be that weird mix of total unfamiliarity, but yeah. also these little visual cues. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, definitely. God. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. But especially in places like Texas and things like that. And California as well. But it's just, it's just I think my favourite aspect, really, was just being in a car and just kind of driving through yeah. long, empty roads. I don't know, it just, it was just, yeah. Just brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. So, I mean, um, <clears throat> did you find that, 
Because I suppose that, like, at that point, that, that was probably like a bit of a, like a sabbatical, really. Yeah, um, basically. Just to hit kind of reset. Yeah. Um, did, did you, do you think it was beneficial to just have definitely. a bit of time away? Yeah, and then, definitely. And then obviously you then came to London. Yeah, because so. I felt like I was, I think I was a little bit stale before that point. Yeah. I think I'd obviously wanted to be moving away and come to bigger and better things, but it kind of took longer than it should have done. So I think having that bit of time out, mm-hmm. yeah, like you say, kind of press the reset button and by the time you, you know, get a bit of inspiration, kind of see a bit of the world. Yeah. And then you're ready to come back and, you know, start again. Cool. But, yeah. And um, where did you, where did you kind of land in London when you arrived? Like when did you, where did you end up living? Uh, ended up living in Leytonstone, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite another. I, I, I love knowing where people end up the first time because it's the most difficult. Basically, moving to like. We well, have no somewhere. idea, do you? I had no. no idea. And also, it's like it's so difficult to find. It's it's actually genuinely difficult to move when you literally live in London. I know. But trying to score yourself a place to live when you don't uh, live in London is a total nightmare. So it was a nightmare. I think it's funny. I had to stay in a youth hostel for like <laughs> two, because I got my job before yeah. I had a house. And it, it was such a mission trying to find somewhere when I didn't know the area and wasn't really up there. So yeah, I stayed in a youth hostel for two, three weeks basically on the near King's Cross. Yeah. Um, but there, my friend Ed, um, he'd lived in London previously. He was a guy I went travelling oh, with. Okay. And um, he'd lived all over London, really. But he'd never lived east before. But then, like, Leytonstone is not exactly the kind of cool part of East London. Is that, yeah. yeah, I guess not quite <laughs> Silicon Roundabout. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> but day. he had a couple of friends around there. And yeah. to be honest with you, it was easy for me to get to Tottenham Court Road. And it was cheap. So it filled yeah. kind of a few criteria. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was the thinking. But, cool. um, yeah. And so you're getting to Tottenham Court Road to do... Uh, working at Bloomsbury Publishing. Okay. Yeah, designing uh, book jackets. So cool. um, completely different to what I've been doing previously, which is more branding and yeah. website design, things like that. And I've always been a massive book fan. So to kind of design books, is kind of holy grail work oh, yeah. for me, really. And I don't know, it's just what a fantastic way of spending your days because... Like, you know, kind of to go back to what we were previously chatting about when you're younger, like when you're trying to formulate an idea of what you want to do in the future and you're into music, you're into things like that and you're looking at album covers and you're thinking, wow, someone does that for a living. Every, you know, loads of designers say that and, and to kind of, to that kind of realisation that, that could be your job. Yep. So for me to be able to design book covers, which was a big thing for me growing up, uh, it's just fantastic, really. So it's kind of a dream come true job, really. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I know, I know what you mean because uh, I think there's probably not enough value put in in covers of stuff. Yeah. Because I think people are so concerned with the content, but actually like there's such an emotional attachment yeah. to, to the visuals. Yeah. Because in essence, it's like everything else is just words or like all yeah. music. There's nothing tangible. No. It um, needs to represent that, doesn't it? I mean, mm. it's rich content and it needs to encapsulate that in an instant, you know? So to try to do that, it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, and, and very rewarding really did you um what what kind of books were you working on was it kind of fiction stuff or a real mix or a real mix uh i did do f- fiction but probably more so non-fiction i'd say okay um at bloomsbury there were a couple you know people like david mann and greg heineman and emma eubank and they're, they're really good at the kind of fiction side right uh, i'd say i was probably stronger on the non-fiction side um i did a lot of the sports books 
as well. So yeah, that, that was that was really good. But um, it's interesting because I'd imagine that when you're working with fiction, yeah, the boundaries are probably a little wider. Yeah, um, they can be. So you you would have been working within a slightly more constrictive. Circle, yeah, sometimes which could have been like quite a nice challenge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's lots of books where <clears throat> I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Books like uh, about Gallipoli, like the, mm. the the tragedy years ago. You know, it's gonna have a picture of Gallipoli on it. For, you know, you are very much directed by the editor in that sense because obviously there is an opportunity to do something more creative. There was that book recently about Napoleon, and it, it just had like the N on it and kind of patterns, which is a com- completely refreshing way of approaching a kind of serious history book. Yeah, so there's definitely no reason why it can't be more creative, but quite often you would get quite a detailed brief which mm-hmm. you know you can stick to and you can push but ultimately it quite often kind of gets pulled back but I mean sometimes you get a very woolly brief where there's just nothing to I don't know you just gotta go for it really I mean I, I had to do a book called Herding Hemingway's Cats <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is a bit, of a bit of a tongue twister kind of title <laughs> basically it's about uh your genes and DNA okay and like that. that's interesting and it's the titles yeah. because Ernest Hemingway had he had a big estate in Florida I think it is right and he had loads of cats on this estate and one of them had six toes and it was a kind of a genetic kind of fault I guess for want of mm. a better word but even to this day you'll still find cats on his estate which has these six toes Ah. So it's it's basically this book's basically about understanding your genes. It's like well, you know, I, the brief. I didn't have a brief basically. It was right. Like, Here's the title. <laughs> it's a really weird title <laughs> and no brief. <laughs> but um, I ended up doing this again for me. It was kind of a smile on the mind kind of yeah moment. Really, it was kind of I kind of created a using the kind of gene kind of code pattern thing and mm-hmm. created a the shape of a cat basically. Cool. So um, you know, so you can't you know. Sometimes if you don't get a brief, it's just as interesting if you do get a brief. So, yeah, it can be a bit of both. Right? It seems to be one, or the, one way or the other half the time. Yeah. But, um, like, you, like you say, the fiction books, mm. it's a lot more open, a lot more open to interpretation. So that is definitely, I'd say that's probably harder. Yeah. But more, but more exciting, you know, in the kind of, there's lots of potentials. Is that your kind of main day job or have you moved on? No, I literally the... just left there about a month ago. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was there for nearly three years. So I'm back, I've gone it's back into, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a good run. It's really, I love my time there. And it for me, it kind of defined my time in London thus far, really. But um, yeah, I've kind of gone back into doing a lot of freelance mm-hmm. and working for a new design agency in Waterloo. So um, yeah, just trying to mix it up really because you know I can still do freelance book projects but I don't want to just I don't want to do that all the time right I want to kind of, have a real mix of work in the okay. portfolio so what would you enjoy beyond kind of books like if you, are, the, you know, are you kind of getting into posters I've got a couple of design friends who've really got into kind of posters stuff lately um, yeah 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 I think anything everything really I just yeah. want to I'd like to kind of challenge myself almost and try to go down a few new routes I mean definitely back into branding mm-hmm. uh, more and more into illustration as well and I'd love to be able to kind of go more into animation and things like that and cool uh, design for digital really I mean I need to right. kind of <clears throat> I need to future proof myself almost because you know digital is just such an expanding thing and you need to keep up <laughs> yeah so you know I think you always have to be open to pushing yourself and trying new things so for me that's kind of my next aim is to 
try and do things I'm less comfortable with almost because it's easy I think the older you get it's easy to kind of just stick to what you're doing and I think that is where things can start to go wrong right so yeah so you want to mix things up a little bit mix things up a little bit so um, that was kind of that was the theory of moving jobs and it doesn't mean I I can still do the book design I can still do off life and things like that Mm -hmm. but um, yeah that's that's important I think so are you um, are you at your new agency five days a week or yeah five days a week yeah I basically do five days a week on the agency and then a lot of my spare time doing freelance work so that's a challenge especially when Mm -hmm. you're doing I mean I recently did a big book project with uh, Mm -hmm. Edith Bowman yeah Um, the the festival guide yeah the festival guide yeah and um, I mean that started out just to do the cover and then it ended up doing the whole book so to try and do a project of that size when you're Mm -hmm. doing a a full-time job and doing things like off life and yellow that's a busy schedule (laughs) so how did that project come about uh i knew the editor of the book um joel who i work with at bloomsbury and he he moved on and then he was editing this book and he just got in touch and said great you know i think this would be up your you know up your street and uh yeah yeah have a go so so what's in the i um because i haven't seen the book and obviously the the cover looks great but what's i got a copy of oh okay i can show you later (laughs) so has it got has it got um kind of illustrations throughout or yeah it's basically mm-hmm. i think it covers like 15 or so festivals mm. and um so it's, it's got a lot of photography throughout some a lot of which is uh, edith's photos a lot of which are just i don't know st- stock photos okay um but there's a lot of kind of chapter openers so each festival's got its own chapter opener which kind of is little cool. it's kind of style wise it's linked to the the cover um so yeah no it was an amazing project to work on and the the publisher they really kind of went with it and i went to their launch the book launch um in a pub in north london and they just put the designs everywhere and, you know they'd Great. made they'd made beer mats bunting <laughs> photo booths everything and it was just i don't know it was it was crazy to see i'd never really worked on a project that kind of big and that kind of mainstream almost yeah so um that must have been great it was great yeah, yeah. and i got to you know have a good chat with Edith as well and she was really interested in how I'd done the design and things like that so cool. yeah yeah so she, was she was she stoked with it was she happy yeah she's like, yeah she seemed really yeah. happy with it yeah That's so cool. I've seen her she keeps on popping up on like every t- daytime television go- show going so uh, keep on seeing it still even yeah, popping that's up good. it's good that it's getting a good run yeah 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 um so let's talk about Yellow. Um, mm. So you mentioned it just now, but this yeah. is a this is a newer project. Yes, yeah, a new project okay. that me and Dan. It's like a sister project to Off Life almost. Um, I mean, we love comics, mm-hmm. but we are always wanted to do something in the kind of wider illustration field, um, and we all also both love illustration, which really says something, stands for something. Yeah. Um, so we came up with this idea of. It's a bit of quite ambitious project, really, but kind of coming up with this idea that every week we get a different illustrator to create a piece based mm-hmm. on a news item of that week. And so we run it over the course of the year, and at the end of the year, we'll package it up in a book and kind of supplement it with articles and writings kind of related to the artwork and the stories. Brilliant. And um, yeah, we've had, a, I don't know, amazing people get involved. It's been unbelievable, really. We've had, like, you know, super mundane, Ian Stevenson, uh, Hattie Stewart, Martin Rowson. Just the names just keep on coming, really. It's just been, I don't know, quite overwhelming. And and then 
we're starting to get people on board to do written stuff as well. So that's really exciting as well. It's probably a credit to to the network you guys have built. I think so. Yeah. It's like yeah, doing anything where you you need like genuinely good output every yeah. week from different people. I know. Is a serious undertaking. I know it is. It's very ambitious, and and we do largely leave it up to this. I mean, we don't dictate the illustrators in any way. We don't yeah. say, "Can you do this story?" We just we leave it up to them. So, literally, you know, we publish it every Monday on on Offlife on the website. Yeah, and um, on the Sunday night, we literally don't know what's about to come. <laughs> but yeah, that's really exciting as well. And it you know it could be anything. But we've had some amazing illustrations. People like uh, Gavin Strange, who's he's a senior designer at Ardman Animations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his piece was amazing. You can see it online. It's it's about the the you know the shootings in America on it. You know? Ah, okay. And uh, these pieces are just so strong, and I'm kind of starting to put together spreads already. And it's just, I think it's going to be a really exciting kind of visual piece. I don't know. I think it'll be really great. Are you guys going to self-publish or? Yeah, I think it's going to be self-published again. Yeah. Like, is it uh, likely to? Do you think you'll? Are you going to crowdfund it, or what, um, what the approach should be? I'm not sure. We're discussing things. So we crowdfunded yeah. Offlife, the first ever Offlife, and that worked really well. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if we will crowdfund mm-hmm. this or not. But I think we might try and do like a smaller print run and kind of build the momentum that way. There's, yeah. there's quite a lot of different models we can do. But um, again, like you, like you kind of said, we got. A big strong network now mm-hmm. and we'll have 52 illustrator, illustrators on board as well so we kind of tap into their networks as well yeah and hopefully a lot of people will support it and buy a copy ultimately. well yeah <laughs> i mean it sounds like you know when you put it like that yeah there's just organically yeah. you can get the word out quite I hope far. so and also me and dan are both ambitious with the project so we want it to be an amazing object we want it to look amazing feel amazing yeah and and kind of sit proud on on the on the bookshelf really and want as many people to see it so um because i mean you know you can see the work online but again it's that kind of dedication to kind of craft and design and books we want to create something which is you know can stand the test of time really have you ever done a bit of a so it's like a kind of an annual for offlife or anything like that. Will this be your first yeah, like, it, book? <clears throat> yeah, it'll be our first book. Yeah, um, I think offlife def- definitely has the potential to do some kind of retrospective annual type book. Yeah, but um, no, this will be this is the biggest thing I'd say we, me and Dan, have done together, and probably not the last. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> so. No, it doesn't. Sound like <laughs> it. it sounds very exciting. Um, yeah, because I suppose I can imagine something like the the Great Discontent is translated quite nicely. Yeah, um, if you know that one where it's yeah, like yeah. kind of like interviews and things. Yeah, and that, that works quite well as a sort of an annual. Yeah, definitely. Thing. Yeah, um, it's quite cool, but it, it feels like people are really kind of getting back into it because you obviously have to have the audience, you have to have the market. Otherwise, yeah, there's definitely yeah. seems to be the market. Doesn't <clears throat> definitely seems to be the appetite for it, and people are really responding well. So I hope I hope it, I hope it goes well. But then I think we're we'll try and think of ways to publish you know to kind of get attention you know we'll probably mm-hmm. do some talks and things like that and, yeah you know i don't know try to uh show off the work really that's what it's all about with off life and yellow is just to give the work a platform ultimately so yeah let's briefly kind of chat around um when you first started off because it sounds like a nice diy story yeah um yeah i think i mean I remember the first time we sat down and chatted about it, we were in a bar in Bristol, just, you know, sat in the pub like you do and just trying to 
kick around a few ideas and then yeah. um I don't know we, when we no one knew who we were so to, to <laughs> kind of start this magazine out of nowhere with no money I mean we didn't we crowdfunded it and part funded it with advertising right um, from nothing you know literally just trying to create a bit of buzz on Twitter and thankfully some people supported us on the crowdsourcing and we managed to convince people to advertise I'm not <laughs> quite sure how but we did yeah and from that point on it's always been funded with advertising so uh, we've always had you know a lot of kind of um, loyal advertisers as well which you know without them ultimately it wouldn't happen because you know, obviously there's printing costs and things like that but the DIY aspect you know, it was it was literally you know me Dan and friends who we could control into it you know <laughs> literally yeah. putting them in backpacks and carting them around on the underground you know in the sweltering heat and yeah. kind of <laughs> traipsing around Shoreditch into all the bars you can find really and things like that and then you know likewise in Bristol um, so you yeah, know it did have a really kind of kind of DIY feel to it and I, you know I wouldn't trade that for anything particularly you know I was kind of just moved to London for the first time it was, you know it felt like a good way to see the city as well well yeah yeah <laughs> traipsing around is, a, is an excellent way to <laughs> navigate London um, did you find that most most places are pretty cool about accepting yeah. something new and yeah and, definitely I mean a lot of bars and pubs they've you know especially in London and Bristol and a lot of kind of built up cities mm-hmm. they've got the kind of there's always the table isn't there with yeah kind of piles of leaflets and flyers <laughs> and newspapers so yeah we kind of try to occupy that occupy that space and um yeah no everyone was really receptive you know people were just oh what is it you know oh have a look you know and they're like wow wicked so yeah it's um it's always it's always had a good feedback really so um yeah and we try to put it in bars and cafes mm-hmm. libraries museums anywhere that will have it really because you know the main aim is to attracts people who might not normally look at indie comics so you've got to put it in places where you might not expect to find it sometimes yeah so and you're going for that kind of broad audience yeah definitely yeah um in terms of kind of subject matter in it like yeah. is it is it also quite varied um, yeah it's really varied yeah i'd say there's kind of something for everyone really i mean again we don't there's kind of no theme that's set up onto any issue it's it's all very broad it's a lot of kind of it's, we get kind of funny ones, silly ones, like social comment, things like that, political. So, um, yeah, it can be anything, everything, really, which, again, is, I think it kind of marries up well with the diversity that the kind of the scene produces yeah. almost as well. So, um, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Did, yeah. You, did you guys ever have any, um, I mean, you might, have, you might have kind of led a bit of a, a charmed project life with it, but did you have any kind of setbacks? Like... Um, um, Nothing major in truth, nothing I can think of. I yeah. think that, that as long as that we can get the funding to make the print run. Yeah. I mean, we've always been really blessed with the amount of submissions we've, get, we've, we've had for every issue. So I've never really felt like there's been a point where I thought, no, this work's just not good enough. I mean, there's always mm. comics in there which I prefer to others, but I can see that other people will like those comics. I've never really thought, no, this is just not very good. Um, so we've I don't know we've just been blessed with it really I don't know I'm trying to find I guess the, the hardest thing is, is trying to find someone to do the cover and we've had some amazing people okay. you know, like Jean Julien and people yeah. like that to do the cover so that's that's always that's always quite fun as well because it's trying to kind of encapsulate the kind of ethos of off life 
back to cover design really isn't it but, yeah. um, have you have you done a cover I've not done a cover no no we've always I mean I've been tempted yeah I think I, I imagine I, feel, I think I would you need to at some point yeah I think <laughs> I will at some point maybe when you do a yearly anthology though, yeah maybe yeah. Um, yeah no definitely I, w- I would do that <laughs> but um, again to have someone like Jean Julien or the Project Twins um, Kindred Studio to come mm. on board and do a cover and again just give them a really open brief we always have the tag um, comics for a lost gen- lost generation on the on the cover. Yeah. So we always kind of say we want you to kind of kind of capture something which has a kind of has kind of like an awkward yeah. kind of feel, like so you've got a sense <laughs> that something's not quite right. Um, so um, and then also trying to find people to do interviews with, you know, because mm-hmm. Off Life's tended to kind of follow the same formula. We have like I don't know ten to twelve comics by different artists and then we have <clears throat> one or two interviews by comic artists or fellow self-publishers or yeah. any, anyone really in the kind of genre so yeah cool and in the the probably quite small amount of time when you're not doing freelance work <laughs> doing off-life planning new projects and and working kind of full-time what what do you like doing with your time as you know is it just is it this 24 7 like um yeah, I mean, unfortunately, at some points it does feel like I do nothing other than work. But <laughs> So you do have to kind of consciously tear yourself away from the screen, really. I don't know. I mean, I like, I love, you know, certain things that London has to offer. I love the parks, love the pubs, yeah. you know, the exhibitions. But, you know, I love escaping London as well and going back down to the southwest. And it's nice to have that to, country bottle kind of thing. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Going for walks and going to the beach, that kind of thing, you know. But, um yeah, just I think it's important to get away from the screen when you can. Yeah. Do um, you, do you find that you are, are your family still based kind of Wiltshire way? Or? Yeah, family's still in Wiltshire, and my girlfriend's parents live in Devon, so oh, okay, we, we kind cool. of we take it in turns to escape to both. And um, yeah, there's lots of things to do down there. Yeah. Do you find you head back to Wales much, or has everyone kind of moved on from there? Now? A lot. Of, I've still got a couple of friends who still live there. Um, yeah, a couple of times, but more so to. I don't know, we go to like Snowdonia and, you know, up to northwest yeah. Wales and kind of West Wales and, I don't know, just really kind of get away from it almost because, yeah, I think it's important to have that distance. Definitely. I guess it's that whole kind of digital analogue yeah. like yeah. balance as well. <clears throat> I always know because my eyes just start to look really, <laughs> really frazzled yeah. and the shadows start appearing. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. time to... Like for a weekend away. Yeah, that, it's time yeah. to run, you know, escape on the M4. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And, um... If uh, obviously kind of what's next is is you're looking to kind of build out your freelance work and yeah, I think, kind of broaden, yeah. broaden what your like skill set is. And yeah, I'm I'm really trying to build momentum on that side mm-hmm. of things, and I'm obviously gone back into the new the new job, which is more branding and, and digital design, mm-hmm. and but at the same time really developing a kind of freelance contact base because I think that's somewhere where I'll definitely go to in the in the future, the not too distant future. Um, I've always fancied working for myself. I enjoy it, especially on the big freelance projects I've done to date. Yeah, you know, it's. I think it suits me. I think it pushes me. So I think that feels like the natural next step almost. Cool. And if um, if you if you had kind of one big learning that you could take away from you know your work and and paths so far, what, what yeah. do you think it would be? Wow. Um, <laughs> encapsulated in one beautiful pressure <laughs> that's pressure yeah um i think just always do work which really interests you i think i think 
for me I need I need to feel passionate about it I need I need to kind of feel involved with it because if I don't I just lose interest almost I, I think um, I think I, I've just I've got no interest in producing average work in truth because I think average work breeds more average work yeah and I just really want to keep that standard really high so I think try not to compromise mm -hmm. really I've always uh, you always have to I think sometimes because design by its nature is all about compromise in some respects when you're dealing with clients but I think you do have to kind of trust your instinct and I don't know never never be scared to fail almost because I think if you find yourself kind of going down the same kind of path on work you'll just you'll get stuck in a rut almost and I think that's the biggest danger on anything kind of creative. I think just always try new things. Always try new yeah. things. That's that's what I try to do myself. I don't always do it, and sometimes I fail at it. But you know, you got to check yourself. I think. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you can uh, you can share a few of the few pictures and stuff of, of some of the stuff we've chatted about. Yeah. And I can whack them on the yeah. the, the kind of podcast page so people yeah. can actually get a feel for Definitely. Some, of the, some of the stuff we've chatted around. Yeah, that, but, no, um, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, no, um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very um, much for asking me. Yeah, that's, no, no, that's it's been, been... It's been a real pleasure. And um, yeah, uh, everyone, check out Off Life. Um, check out Yellow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm... I'm really excited about yellow actually. Cool, no. That sounds really, really cool. Yes. And I can't wait till it's it's in. Like, it's, yeah, well, we'll make sure you get amazing. a copy because um, yeah, yeah, I think it hopefully it will be special. So yeah, cool. Cheers for having me. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs>